On this episode of A Reasonable Breakdown, I'm going to be looking into a Facebook post I recently came across which attributed the death of a movie star to creating a new federal law that semi-truck trailer manufacturers needed to follow to keep the public safe. It involves three adults, three children, and a deadly car crash. Is it true? Is it false? Let's find out. Episode 2, The Mansfield Bar. Part 1, Mansfield 101. This is a very intricate story. The way I read it was that in 1967, Jane Mansfield and two other adults were killed in a horrific car accident when the Buick Electra they were in slammed into the back of a semi-truck in Louisiana at 2 a.m. The three children in the back seat, one of which was Jane's daughter, Mariska Hargitay, survived. Since then, it has been a federal law that requires semi-truck trailer manufacturers to have an interstate commerce commission bar installed to prevent cars from going underneath the trailer. Supposedly, this bar is also known as the Mansfield Bar. Aside from being a movie star, I didn't really know much about Jane Mansfield. So before we dive into the details of the story, let's familiarize ourselves with a quick bio. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to go all the way back to the year she was born or anything. Jane Mansfield was born in April of 1933 as Vera Jane Palmer. <laughs> okay, so I kind of needed to go back that far, at least to explain where the name Mansfield comes from. Let's fast forward 17 years, and Jane would eventually marry Paul Mansfield in 1950. Whoa, 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 whoa. Another Paul? Yep. Second episode, second Paul. But this one isn't as nice as the one from the previous episode. I'll get into that in just a second. By the way, if you haven't listened to the first episode, what are you waiting for? It's a pretty cool story. Alright, where was I? Ah, yes. Jane and Paul are married. Not too long after that, Jane would give birth to a little girl, Jane Marie Mansfield, in November of that same year, 1950. Now, Jane Mansfield, the mother, had lofty aspirations of becoming a movie star, but Paul was kind of a jerk and hoped that after giving birth to their daughter, that would cause Jane to give up on her dreams. He wasn't so lucky. Not too long after that, Jane got her start in the film business in 1955. She used her fame as an actress and quickly diversified her career with singing and modeling with varying degrees of success. Things seemed to be going well. However, the Mansfields weren't the happiest of couples, and in 1955, Jane and Paul decided to end their marriage. After a lengthy process, they eventually got their divorce papers in 1958. Jane decided to keep Mansfield as her professional name, and as for Paul, well, he moved on to other women, got remarried, and moved to Tennessee. Jane got remarried as well. In fact, she was engaged to a gentleman by the name of Mickey Hargitay during the divorce process from Paul. Mickey and Jane got married in 1958, mere days after Jane's divorce was officially finalized. Jane and Mickey had a budding relationship and during their marriage had three children, Mickey Jr., Zoltan, and towards the end of their marriage, Mariska. Now, I'm going to stop here with Jane's background because 1. All of this info is readily available on several different websites and in her official biography. So I don't need to recount every detail of Jane's life. 
And two, I only want to focus on the facts that pertain to the story, which are the Mansfield name and her daughter, Mariska Hargitay. So far, the story is checking out. Jane kept Mansfield as her professional name after marrying Paul, and after her second marriage to Mickey Hargitay, she had three kids, one of which was Mariska. Now, I have to be honest, I was skeptical that Mariska was Jane's daughter, but after some quick investigation, all the facts were there. I was even able to find a reference to an interview in the June 7th issue of Time Magazine in 1982 in which Mariska commented that she disliked comparisons to her famous mother, Jane. I mean, it's pretty conclusive that Mariska is Jane's daughter. Part 2. Dead Man's Curve The next part of the story is all about the car crash. According to the story, the accident happened in a Buick Electra and took place in Louisiana around 2 a.m. That's very specific, and usually details that specific make me suspicious. I'm not sure why, they just do. So with that in mind, I had to do some more sleuthing. My fact checking landed me on a horrible looking webpage circa August 2001. The title was The Night Jane Mansfield Died, and it was authored by Bob Walker. Bob worked as a radio personality in New Orleans and was a member of the press, so this gave him access to the scene of the crash and he has a fairly detailed write-up of what he saw and all the details from the story are there. The night of the crash began in Biloxi, Mississippi, where Jane was doing a gig at the Gus Stevens Supper Club. She needed to get to New Orleans by morning, and so Jane, her agent and lover, Sam Brody, along with Ronnie Harrison, who was the driver, and Jane's three children, Mariska, Zoltan, and Mickey Jr., piled into a Buick Electra that was owned by Gus Stevens the proprietor of, you guessed it, the Gus Stevens Supper Club. They set out from Biloxi, Mississippi, heading west towards New Orleans. Once they got into Louisiana, they drove down Highway 90, and it was estimated that they were going 80 miles per hour when they approached a turn in the road that had been given the name Dead Man's Curve. Shortly after 1 a.m. in the summer of 1967, the Buick hit the back of an 18-wheeler, shearing off the car's top. According to details from pictures Bob described in his article, Ronnie Harrison, the driver, and Sam Brody, who was seated in the middle, were literally crushed from the front of the dashboard. Jane was tossed out of the car and landed on the shoulder of the road. Luckily, the three children in the back seat survived and had only minor injuries. There's not really anything to dispute here. This is a well-documented crash. The details line up with what was in the Facebook post, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. There's just no need. This definitely happened, and it led to the untimely death of Jane Mansfield and two other adults. Part 3. The Mansfield Bar Now, up until this point, everything I'm finding is telling me that this story is indeed true. There's no denying the fact that Jane Mansfield was a high-profile actress killed in a horrific accident, but was it enough to change the law and adopt her name in the process? Let's find out. The story says that because of the accident in 1967, federal law changed to require semi-trucks to have an ICC bar or an Interstate Commerce Commission bar to prevent cars from going underneath the trailer. It goes on to say that this bar is most commonly referred to as a Mansfield bar. I did some fairly extensive searches on both the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website and the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety website, 
and all references to this safety feature is called an underwrite guard or an underwrite bar. Nowhere does it state in any official documentation by government agencies that this is a Mansfield bar. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that the story is wrong. This actually happens quite a bit where a word gets adopted into our vocabulary and we use it in place of the actual term. This is referred to as a proprietary eponym or a generic trademark. This is more the case when you say something like, can you go Xerox this document or hand me a Kleenex or I'm going to Google it. All of those things, Xerox, Kleenex, and Google are brands, but they've become synonymous with the actions they made famous. I can only surmise this is the same thing that happened with Mansfield, or at least something similar. Since she was such a high-profile name, and she was killed by an accident involving the underside of an 18-wheeler, her name was attached to the public awareness of such an incident. And if you do any searches for ICC bar or underride bar, you'll get search results that come back with Mansfield bar as well. So, do I think this story is true, or do I think this story is false? Well, everything that I'm finding, again, it points to the story being true. And you might be asking yourself, why did you spend 10 minutes talking about something you could easily prove or disprove in about 30 seconds? For one, this is fun to me. I enjoy being skeptical and taking a deeper look at things. But more importantly... I feel that everyone should be this thorough before they make a quick post on social media. This was most likely a quick copy-paste post, and it was done with no intent to garner likes or anything. I read the actual post, and the person was genuinely excited to share some neat information with everyone. But what about when someone shares something and believes that it's fact, when in truth the meme or article was actually meant to spin a political view or manipulate someone? Before you aimlessly share content, take 30 seconds and see if any of the details are valid. If so, go ahead, have fun, repost it, share it with your friends and family. But if it's not valid, why not call that post out? Give some facts and evidence to maybe shed some light on what actually happened. Isn't that a better world than one filled with lies and misinformation? I certainly think so. Thank you for listening to episode two of A Reasonable Breakdown. Join me next time when I take a look at whether or not dogs can smell carbon monoxide. Also, don't forget to stick around and listen to the word of the day. The word of the day is toponym. It is a noun and it originated in the 20th century. The definition of toponym is a place name, especially one derived from a topographical feature. Here is an example of toponym used in a sentence. J.R.R. Tolkien created many new words in his books, but also the toponym of Mount Doom. And with that, that truly does do it for this episode of A Reasonable Breakdown. Thank you, and as always, have a wonderful day. The music used in this episode, and what you're hearing right now, is called Chill Out 14 by 1Tamera2 from pixabay.com.